Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Dan Schaefer. PhD. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Dr. Dan, how are you? How are you doing, Tom? Thank you for the invitation today. This is great. I've been looking forward to this. Well, thank you for taking the time. Um, I just want to tell the, the folks out there, buckle up. This PhD has ideas to help you grow in many ways. And we're going to talk about that today, Dan, right? Absolutely. But let me, uh, Dan, uh, I've gotten to know you over this past year, and it's been so enjoyable, but the people out there may not know who you are, so I'm going to tell them a little bit about you. So Dan Schaefer, PhD, Peak Performance Strategy. Uh, Dan works with people in business, sports, entertainment. These are people that many times feel they're alone at the top. Dan is a confidential sounding board for CEOs entrepreneurs and groups throughout the United States, South America, Europe, Asia, advising them on people, culture, and psychology of the workplace. Uh, Dr. Dan's been a guest faculty member of the College of Physicians and Surgeons, Columbia University, and the Graduate Schools of New York, NYU, CW Post, um, Hofstra, and Rutgers, um, boy, you, you do a lot of things, Dan. Boy, stay out uh, of trouble, Tom. Oh man, Adelphi. I forgot Adelphi University. Uh, he's developed breakthrough strategies in sports performance for professionals, NFL, NHL, goaltenders, major league soccer, and uh, boxing, ultimate and extreme runners, golf, tennis, skiing, amateur athletes. Consultants, sports agents, GMs, and coaches also rely on Dr. Dan to get the teams performing at their best. And he's written two books, both at Amazon, Click, The Competitive Edge for Business, Sports, and Entertainment, and How Do We Tell the Children. Dan, I'm, I'm looking forward to the question about Click and, again, about the kids, the children. Okay. Uh, Dan's in Long Island and spends his time between giving online educational seminars and helping his clients. And Dan, you're always open to doing speeches and webinars, correct? Absolutely. Well, I've gotten to know Dan, Dr. Dan, as we call him. And this is a guy full of great ideas for business owners who many times find themselves very, very alone with issues that they can't share with their wives they don't want to burden them. They don't want to talk to their friends, maybe a little embarrassed. Their competitors that they know, they don't want to lose their edge. So who do you talk with when you have issues? And pretty much that's what 
Dr. Dan PhD does. So Dan, uh, how did you get going in this crazy profession? Um, let me start back with the first book, Tom. How do we tell a children was a guide to helping parents who are in really difficult situations explain death to their kids? Uh, they needed to do it. Their kids depended on them. And so they needed some practical strategies of how to talk to their children. Uh, I was teaching at a College of Physicians and Surgeons at Columbia. And uh, I put this book together in 1986. It flowed from that into helping people when somebody in their family was dying. I still do that on a regular basis with, with uh, conversations with people about how to communicate with their kids. Then it went, I was contacted by the Pentagon to work with on military loss, traumatic loss, looking at the impact that loss in life transition has on errors, omissions, accidents, and safety. And for people who are running a company, the invisible drain on your bottom line caused by bereavement, either anticipated or current bereavement is amazing. And it can't be picked up by an audit. So there are some strategies we did. The third edition of the book came out uh, just before September 11th. And I worked with a lot of people with September 11th uh, at their office in, in the city. So that was to give people, help people deal with difficult situations. Along the road, I met with a woman who was a hypnotist. And at a conference that we did together, I was amazed at what she was able to accomplish in helping the students who were there, there were 90 of them, to, um, to, to be able to focus and concentrate on what they needed to do. So I took a lot of training with that, I'm certified to teach people hypnosis, but I've applied it to a whole wide variety of situations because it helps people to control their mind game tremendously and quickly and very effectively. So um, I worked with golfers, uh, Chad Pennington who's my client since 2005. He wrote the forward to click talked about how we use hypnosis to help him accomplish what he wanted to do. But all of this is about winning. It's helping people with strategies to win. The thing that's interesting about all of this, and Tom mentioned it before, is that people who get their edge don't give their edge away. So I have a covert practice. About 98% of the people that I work with never ever talk about me want to have a place that they can pick up a conversation and, and talk about something that's going on. This is not therapy. This is all personal psychologically designed strategy to get a competitive edge in the situation you're in right now. So my question to a lot of people is, what do you need to have happen right now that's not happening? And let's find anything that can possibly get in its way. Yeah, I, and boy, uh, it's almost the non Spoken thought, isn't it, Dan? Yes. Uh, it, but they speak to themselves, Tom. Yeah, in their head. It's that self-talk that drives them crazy. Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. They don't want to share you with anybody, so they never refer you. No, <laughs> that no. doesn't work too well for you, does it? <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. But, you know, I had two conversations yesterday with two people, two clients, and I said, you know that this conversation never, ever happened. Yeah, so I see that. People will consult with me on, on cell phones or home email addresses, never an email address at their office. And um, it, it, it goes across the board. 
I was talking about talking to somebody this morning. I, I did a program for 95 of the country's top hockey goaltenders. And um, I did this clinic. And at the end, I said, were there any questions? And there were absolutely no questions. And uh, so at the end, I said to myself, what did I possibly do that nobody asked the question? And at the end, there were 40 goaltenders lined up along the wall saying I would never ask a question to somebody who I was competing with. And so it's very, very risky. And that's what we talk about. And Tom mentioned it earlier, being alone at the top. If you're an athlete or a guy in business, things start to slip. Who do you talk to? And once again, this is not therapy. Uh, this is quick strategies that work for people. Uh, and, a, and a lot of the strategies, Tom, defy conventional wisdom. You know, I, um, everybody I work with today is, in, is not in 2021. They're in 2026 working backwards. Yeah. What 2026 look like? And let's look backwards for anything you can do to foul that up. And I know you with your practice, you do the same thing. You give people strategies to help them avoid really, really costly mistakes. And, and while we're on that, uh, I know in July, for those people listening, Dan is going to do a full-length uh, webinar on uh, money and mistakes. And we'll talk about that in a little while, Dan, because I think that's a great a great topic um, that people can use as an asset for themselves and bringing value to other people. But Dan, let's talk about um, some of the strategies that you use to help clients separate themselves from their competition. Well, it's interesting that um, there are some myths that people have, uh, and on my website is a, a whole presentation I did for IFMA on, on myths. But some of the myths that people live by cost them a lot of money. Uh, they, they have the myth of the 30-second elevator pitch, when psychologically you really only have six seconds. See, because the minute you say you're a financial advisor, you know, somebody starts a narrative in their head and the narrative goes, you know, I know other financial advisors, how is Tom different? And when you're talking, they're off someplace else. But when somebody can come up with a, a statement that gets people to stop that narrative and really hone what they're going to say based on who they're talking to, uh, it, it comes back to when, when somebody asks me what I do is I tell them I sell mistakes. Very few people walk away and say, what? But that's what you want to have happen. The question is, and, and people who, clients of mine who initially came to me to, to improve their uh their acceptance by prospects and companies uh, were talking about the features and benefits of what they do. And I said, that, that's great. That's traditional business development, but that's not how the brain works. The brain works on skepticism, reactance, and inertia. And so, you know, when you're talking to somebody, uh, they're going to be skeptical Reactance means they don't want to be sold, and inertia is all the things they would have to do to change what they're doing to, to, uh, uh, to accomplish what they want. What they've discovered is, is that if somebody can figure that out before they talk to somebody uh, and present the skepticism, reactance, and inertia up front, they get a 30 to 50% higher close rate on the deal. Uh, why are you talking? I, I have this thought, and it's 
we haven't discussed this, but, you know, back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, maybe even the 70s, um, uh, life was more congenial. There was more harmony in our society. Uh, you know, politicians were nice to each other. So when you met somebody, you know, your thought was not um, a defensive type of meeting. You know, what's this guy, you know, up to that? It was more of a, a, a gee, I'd like to be introduced to this guy. He's a nice guy. I don't know if that's out there today, Dan, with all that we hear on the news, the way the politicians act, what's going on in life. So when I meet someone today in 2021, is my attitude different than if it was, I was in 1955? Well, I, I don't remember back that far to 1955. No. <laughs> Let's say 1970, okay? Oh, I'm only kidding you. Yeah, yeah. But, but the, the, point, the point is that, that everybody, there are no two situations alike. Uh, you know, um, I have a friend who wrote a book called... Uh, how, do you, how to start a conversation to make friends. That's challenging for people. And, and how do you do that? Well, one of the things that he, he proposes is that when you meet somebody, you don't say, how are you doing? You say, how are you doing today? And his name is Don Gabor, for anybody who wants to look the book up, great book. Uh, but it's, how, how, do you, uh, how are you doing today? You get a totally different response from people. It's a tremendous management tool. And I've seen this work around the world. I was fortunate to do some projects with Hewlett Packard in, in Europe and Asia and, and uh, helping people to communicate very quickly. But that's the strategy, Tom, is people need to know they don't have the time uh, and people don't have the focus and patience to listen to a long, long diatribe about what they're doing. So the answer to your question, I don't know if I've answered it. I think it, I, I believe that you have to prepare to compete by preparing for who you're going to talk to. Who is this person? What do I want to have happen? If somebody sends me an email, I could certainly send them an article on power communication. But the point is, is that how do you structure that so that you get your message across? Because it's not the responsibility of the person you're talking to to understand you. Correct. It's it's my responsibility to put things in a, in a way that they can understand it. And uh, because at the end of the day, what we're talking about is business development, client attraction, and separating yourself from your competition. Anybody who has not read the Blue Ocean Strategy should really put that on their reading list. Because it talks about everybody in your field, whatever it is, most people are in the Red Ocean. To be successful and, and, and different from everybody else, you have to move into the blue ocean. So what do you need to do to be different? It may be the way you talk to somebody, maybe the, the approach that you take. But I think that one of the biggest challenges, and we've talked about this, Tom, to get some people's way is a lot of people today are winging it. I, you know, when I come back to preparation for competition, and it's a difficult topic today because competition is uh, – Sometimes look down on, you know, the, everybody gets a trophy factor. Nobody wants to win. Uh, winners want to win. And so how do you pull all of that together? That becomes really an important factor today. And what are the strategies that I am personally going to use? You know, when I, some, when I do a webinar or something like this, I say to people, 
think about that there's only two people on this call when you hear me speaking, me and you. What do you need to have happen? And how are you going to make it happen? And what's in the way of it happening? I know that when I spoke to a professional athlete, I said to him, what do you need to have happen? He said, I need to increase my concentration. I said, okay, what gets in the way of your concentration? He said, well, I get distracted. I said, okay, what distracts you? He said, the way I talk to myself. The amount of people, Tom, who will tell themselves what they don't want to have happen is, is legendary. And the fact is, is that I believe if we come back, I know you're a New England guy, if we come back to the Giants and the Patriots, my belief is the reason the Patriots lost the first game to the Giants is they came into that game saying, we don't want to lose this game. Yeah. And when they came into the second time they played, they said, we don't want to lose it again. Ask a golfer, stand up over a water hole, tee a ball up and say, I don't want to hit the ball in the water. <laughs> is it going? <laughs> it's a self-serving communication, right? It's just, uh, and you're right. Uh, you know, the, the guy that I was brought up uh, reading was Vince Lombardi. My uncle was a coach on the college and high school level. And he made me read all that stuff. I was telling you about that, Dan. So my eyes were always looking at the at the horizon, the possibilities, and never the downside. And I, I get what you're saying. So let, let me ask you that. Is, is Are some of the key issues you find dealing with leaders today, is that the way they're thinking? Uh, I would say conventional wisdom is one of the things that tends to get in the way. Uh, if, if you want to be thinking like everyone else, uh, you're going to sound like everyone else. You know, I've had people say to me, uh, you know, we're considering to have you come in and talk to our sales team and all of that, but we already have a guru in our, in our, in our business. And I'll say, well, a guru is teaching your competition to sound exactly like your salespeople. So when they go to a prospect, everybody sounds the same. How many times, Tom, have you had a vendor call you up and you say, oh, my gosh, have I heard this before? Mm -hmm. So it's how do you have something that's, that's different? And sometimes it takes I, – I did a program for an international travel group, and we had people from around the world. And I said – I mentioned this money and mistakes. I said to somebody, uh, you have to be prepared to deal with the discomfort of saying, you know what I really do is I sell mistakes. Uh, and there's some stuff on a website that talks about that too, but it, it's, uh, I sell mistakes and this woman said to me, I can't, I can't say that. I said, if I'm somewhere in uh, some faraway island and things have gone wrong, you know, uh, I want to know I can call you up and you're going to get me out of it. So you really help people avoid mistakes. And some, you know, somebody said, give me, how does this work? I said, let's say you said to yourself, I'm going to drive from here to L.A. And, and I said, okay, I have, uh, I have a packet here of all the radar traps between here and L.A. Do you want to buy that now or do you want to wait until you get to L.A. to buy it? No, I want it now. So it's not, does somebody want to use Tom Perone for their business? I want people to be saying, I don't want people not, I don't want people to not use Tom for their business. You know, they want to, they have to know that it comes back to this thing we talked about before we started about short-term discomfort versus long-term regret. I may not want to use Tom Perone now, 
But I'll tell you what I really don't want. I don't want to be in 2026 looking backwards, wishing that I did. You know, uh, just to add to this conversation, in my book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, I talk about um, a, a change I made that made all the difference in the world. And I'll take 30 seconds to explain it and you'll get my point. When I used to work with the business owners, I used to talk with them and present to them their problems and here are the steps you can take. And uh, okay, some accepted, some didn't. But once I started to uh, 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 collect their other advisors and say to the business owner, hey, why don't we all get together and in one room and talk about your problems? All of a sudden, when I created this team, which was very different then because everybody had their own egos, everybody was protecting their own turf. When you were a stockbroker, you were a stockbroker. When you were an insurance guy, you know, insurance guy, and none of them trusted each other. But once I started to get the team together for the best interest of the owner, I never had any problem having the owner uh, bless or accept my recommendations because the team did it. That was a very different model way back 40 years ago. Sure was. Yeah. But, uh, and it's, it, unfortunately, in, in a way, you don't have that luxury because you're talking privately and confidentially with usually a one-on-one, -on -one, I would think. Is that correct? Most of the, most of the time it's one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's a, uh, a junior in high school who's a gymnast or a NFL quarterback uh, or a heavyweight prize fighter. It's all one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Dan, tell us, uh, you, you mentioned you, uh, your clients are currently in 2026. That went over my head. Can you explain that? Sure. Um, imagine for a moment that I gave you a magic wand. Right. And this, everybody listening to this book, imagine for a moment that you gave you a magic wand and you waved it and you were in 2026. What would it look like? Right. Where would you be? You'd be five years older. Your kids would be five years older. Your business would be where it was. Where do you want it to be? How does this work? The reason that this works is because people, at least in my generation, were told, don't daydream. Don't let your mind wander off your target. And a lot of people don't have the, the luxury or the comfort in dreaming. So but what happens is, is that on a conscious level, on your conscious mind, everything you do every day, look, listen, learn, analyze, synthesize, accept, reject, all of that is your cognitive mind. Your subconscious mind is different. Your subconscious mind must act out every thought, image, or idea that you put into it. And we'll do that relentlessly unless you get in its way. My business is getting that, helping people stay out of their way. So the way it works is, is that when you set a target of 2026, you're saying to your subconscious mind, this is what I want my business to look like. Once it's in your subconscious mind, you don't have to think about it again. Your subconscious mind will start to work on that. You'll get some ideas. You'll put things together. Uh, you'll start to segment your business into silos. There's a lot of different strategies that help people to do this. But the key is, is to, you know, if I was talking to you, Tom, I'd say, what I would like Tom to do, I'd like Tom, 
to overhear conversations that Tom has with Tom when Tom hears Tom talking to Tom. What are you saying to yourself? If it's positive, you keep it up. If it's negative, it drags you down. So what do you want to listen to? You have a choice of programs. When you have those programs in your subconscious mind, tell you what I do with hockey goalies. And I don't, I think the only difference between sports and business is sports happens faster. Uh, but, you know, when I say to a goalie, um, I want you to visualize, imagine, and see a save that you made. And then I want them to burn that save into a DVD in their brain so that when they want to think about something, they have a choice. I'll think about the saves that I made and I'll think about, or I can think about something that's not productive. It's your choice. Yeah. You know, in 1970, I wrote, I read a book by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, Cybernetics. And I have probably read that book 20 times uh, over the last 51 years. And it, it says exactly what you're saying, Dan. Once you think about it, you can put it away. It's like a torpedo finding its mark because you'll make your adjustments because you're, you've been embedded in your head that vision of where it want, you want to be. Right. Uh, and, and that's the positive thing of self-talk, always bringing those stories into your mind and not oh boy, I better be careful. I'll fall off the wall while I'm walking. You know, those negative things. Um, and it really does work. And we've talked about that. Dan sent me a, Dan, can I share this little thing that you sure. showed me? I have seven grandkids and Dan, and, and, and they're all athletes and we're an athletic family, but he sent me this little thing in the packet. It was so nice, Dan, I really appreciate it. And, and it says in the back of Dan's card, and he says to me, Make sure your kids read this every night for 60 days. It says every day, uh, every day in every way, I get better and better and better. And, you know, this is the same thing I was raised with, with Vince Lombardi articles, right? <laughs> they were just a little yeah, wonderful. Absolutely. Same absolutely. thing, right? And it's interesting. I say to parents, you know, because of COVID and not getting together, I, I just ordered a lot of business cards before this thing hit. But but the the fact is is the cards in, in plastic it can't be destroyed, and uh, I've had people say, you know, uh, I give it to my kids and I give them a two month calendar, and they print a two month calendar out, and the kid before they go to bed ten times a night, sixty days straight just before they go to sleep they check off each day that they've done that, and so what about it? I was at a a, a meeting in Chicago, and I had some people I was dealing with on a business level and also sports. And I said to the guy, uh, the guy's wife says, well, I've been using that for my children who can't read. So what do you mean? He says, I have little babies. I'll put them to sleep. I'll read it to them just as they go to sleep. Because what happens is the last thing you think about before you go to sleep is repeated over and over and over again by your subconscious mind. So the choice is, do you want to think about garbage or do you want to think about this? Uh, so it and, and you know people have said to me, I have that card taped up on my computer. I said it every day. I said, you know what you need to do? You have to take the card, 
off the computer, turn it over, and call the guy on the other side. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, I'm a big believer on your teachings because I've lived it, and uh, I've tried to raise my family and the kids to buy into uh, reading positive things and, and being that way because I believe in it. And, you know, uh, if you if you took – let's say you take the uh, – let's talk about the subconscious mind a little bit, Dan – Bring us down the road or how it actually works. I would love to be able to do that, but I can't. I, you know, the way it, what happens is, is that I have a, a couple of strategies that I'll, I'll give people, particularly one with self-talk and the other one with focus and concentration. But people say to me, why does it work? I say, that's not what's important. What's important is that it does work. I was talking to an engineer yesterday. He said, I want to understand this. I said, don't understand it. Just do it. You get the results you want. But if you hear uh, an uncomfortable conversation, if you, if you find yourself beating yourself up, you know, I, I tell my clients, particularly my student athletes, uh, you know, you need my permission before you beat the S out of yourself. You got to call me up and say, I just did this. Is it okay to beat myself up? Because it's not. But if you listen to that, but one of the things that everybody on this call can do right now is push your tongue up at the roof of your mouth. When your tongue is on the roof of your mouth, you can't think of anything. So anytime you want to shut that negative stuff off, push your tongue to the roof of your mouth and it stops. That's great. So, so who uses it? A lot more people than would ever, ever tell you how this works. So what my role is, is that you get, I have a wish list uh, that's also available on, on my website. Uh, Tell me what you want to have happen, and then let's implant that in your subconscious mind. And then you just don't have to worry. Don't think about it anymore. Because one of the things that came back to high-level professional athletes that I work with is that at some point in time, they have to trust their training. You have to trust everything you've put in your subconscious mind, everything you've trained on. So if you think a goalie thinks about, oh, here comes a puck, I'm going to put through this, I'm going to stop. No, it just happens automatically. A guy throws a pass, had a heavyweight prize fighter that we worked on uh, that he wanted, to, he wanted to beat this guy, and he, we figured we'd visualize it for the fourth round. One of my top clients is an ultramarathon runner who became a mixed martial arts cage fighter. She's 56. Her last fight she won in 49 seconds. We visualized that fight for three weeks over the phone under hypnosis. And when she went into the, into the octagon, uh, it was like she'd been there before and the fight was over in 49 seconds. She said, you may beat me, but you'll never tire me out. Because she runs 135 miles through Death Valley. Dan, tell me how, to, how people are using their subconscious mind. Everybody, Tom, everybody, regardless of what they do, has implanted stuff in their subconscious mind just by doing it over and over again. It's what they do automatically. It's what they do when they, when they operate. So for example, a goaltender doesn't look at the puck and say, oh, I'm gonna stop the puck. Or a quarterback doesn't say, oh, I'm gonna throw the pass now. They, they react because their subconscious mind is trained to do that. What we look at is what gets in between you and your subconscious mind. Distractions. Can you let something distract you? Uh, 
I'll give you an example. We talked earlier about conversations. I said to a, a goalie one time, what's it like when you perform at your best? And anybody listening to this can apply this to anything that they do. What's it like when you perform at your best? He says, I don't hear any crowds. The puck is the size of a dinner plate and the game moves very slowly. Anytime one of those three things change, I know I'm losing my concentration. I said, so what do you do? He said, well, I hope that it comes back. I said, well, we all know that hope is not a strategy. So we gave him some strategies to bring him back into the present. And it's no different than a golfer who says to me, I need to, uh, I have trouble concentrating for four hours of a round of golf. I said, well, you don't have to concentrate for four hours. If you shoot a hundred, you have to concentrate for five minutes. And if you shoot an 80, you have to concentrate for four minutes. Because the whole thing is, is that if the golf swing takes three seconds, you know, uh, you only have to concentrate for the three seconds of that swing and identify anything that distracts you. So once those thoughts, those, those strategies to focus and concentrate immediately on command are in your subconscious mind, they just happen by themselves. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, playing sports, I can identify with it. And when I, I played hockey at Hamden High School and, and our state champion uh, crowds were five to 7,000 people. And you're right. You don't hear anything. You don't see anything. When you're, I, I called it the zone. I think that's a, a right. Yeah, that's what people talk zone. about. You don't hear anything, and you're right. If you started to hear something, you're you're off. You're out of your zone, and I I get that. And I think a lot of athletes probably don't even know how they get there if they get in the zone. I mean, if someone asked me years ago, "How did you get in the zone?" I wouldn't have a clue. But somewhere along the line, I must have visualized or you know accepted the premise that I was going to be successful. I don't know. I don't know. But, but you're asking a great question because the question is, is that not how you get into the zone, but when you're out, how do you know that you're out? And how do you know that you, how do you get back in again? And so it's, it's, that's, that's the important part here is how do you get back in again? Tom, sorry about this phone. That's right. Uh, but the point is, is it's once you're out to, until you know what it's like when you perform at your best, you don't know when you're out of it, when you're not in it. And when you discover the out, what do you do to get back in? That's the most important thing. I think that there are strategies that we use to help somebody instantly get back into the zone, but they have to know they're out first. And, and anybody who is in business, that recognizes that will know when you are in the zone, you're better than anybody. You are good. And you don't even know what's happening. You don't even know. And when you're out of the zone, everything's going wrong. So, you know, that's the interesting thing about what you do, Dan. It's not so much uh, it, 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 in me, the way I'm thinking of it is what your big advantage is to help people get in the zone and allow them to stay there. Because uh, self-talk can be very destructive on the other side of that coin, too. Absolutely. But to recognize that, to listen to the self-talk and say, do I really want to listen to this stuff any longer? Do I want to continue to beat myself up? So, so Dan, you've heard people say, to you, well, Dan, 
I don't know. In my head, I just hear noises. I just can't stop it. I can't stop this. What do you do for people that just can't get this negative stuff out of their mind? They're trying to, but they can't. Well, it's taking a look at what what it's about, where it came from, what starts with it, how we do that. Uh, It's individual with, with each person. The point is first to give somebody a way to stop it. But then if they keep having this negative conversation, uh, there may be some history that's involved in that. Uh, they may need to, to deal with a therapist at some point in time in that, but that's not what I'm about here. This is about uh, helping somebody to look at, look at a sales team, for example, and say, I've got 10 people. Seven of them are working great. I've got three who aren't. What's in the way of those three people working well? Can I get those people back in? Can I get those people performing well again? Uh, Yes, maybe yes, maybe no. But at the end of the day, it's having some tools to do that and somebody who can help you look at that. That's what I do. Yeah, and uh, boy, talk about it. I talk about a benefit more than any other tool or equipment that you could have in your business, having control of your self-talk is probably the greatest of of all. I told you about our vision board my wife and I made years ago. We wanted to live somewhere here and where we live now. And there weren't a lot of houses on the market on the beach here. And we put a vision board together a year in advance of all the houses. And guess what? We bought the house that we thought we could least afford that came available within the year. Uh, uh, so some, you know, that psycho, psycho cybernetics I live by because it, it's happened to me so many times. So again, it's just another way of your t- torpedo going to self-talk in a positive way. So Dan, let's move on and talk about your work with, with loss and bereavement. Okay. Um. I think the question when it comes back to the business side of this is to have somebody look and see what the impact is on individuals. And I have an example. I I used to play golf with a guy who ran a huge drug agency in New York City. And he said to me, you know, he said, I'm having a problem with my controller. He said, uh, you know, I should have called you when her sister died of cancer. He said, because from that time on, She's become short with people. She's made some uh, uh, numerical errors and she's not the most pleasant person to be on the phone with. And I said to him, you know, Tommy, you should have called me the first day she came into your office and said, my sister's dying of cancer because you knew that the impact on her was going to increase. It was going to get more difficult. Finally, when her sister died, she'd go through a grieving period and come out on the other side and people don't realize uh, how draining that is unless they've been through that. And so, you know, it's errors, omissions, accidents, and safety. People make mistakes, accounting mistakes, business mistakes, personal interpersonal relationship mistakes. Um, they leave things out. Somebody who is driving. I tell people all the time, if you had a loss in your family or a big crisis going on in your family, you have to be very careful driving because you are not working at 100%. 
I was asked by Brooklyn Tech High School to do a program for students, uh, for students uh, in in, you know, in general general performance. There's six thousand kids in the school, and just before, right after the summer, uh, the director of the program called me and said, "Could you switch over and start to talk about grief and bereavement because we've had." Four, two, two students die over the summer, and the parents have asked us if we could put something on to talk to parents about this. So we, we did a program for that, to talk about that, to let them know how to deal with their kids. And that's, again, the same kind of thing that I deal with with student-athletes, Tom. You know, it's parents of kids want to know the best way to parent their kid, and there's some different strategies that work for them. This worked very well for them, but it, it's it's an important fact, something to pay attention to. You take take people who are in situations that are not that they're not really prepared to deal with. Talk about a teacher who has to walk into a classroom where the parent of one of her students has died, and now that ripples through the whole classroom. She's now dealing with thirty kids or twenty five kids who was saying, you know, could this happen to my parents? Am I going to go home anxious? So, you know, it's, it's a whole system. I've done programs for school systems where I said, you know, you know, you have a, a teacher will get a rundown on a kid from last year, but do they ever do a loss survey? Do they ever say, what kind of losses has this kid experienced that would cause them to be distracted from what I'm trying to teach them? So it's looking for things that get in the way and will cause somebody's plans and strategies to derail. And my belief is that if you can catch those things before they happen, if you can prepare to compete with whatever the competition is, becomes important. I mean, I somebody asked me, what, what do you mean by preparation of competition? And I have to go back to my go-to example. Uh, Super Bowl three. Dave Herman protected Joe Namath from Bubba Smith. And I said to Dave Herman, how were you able to do that? He said, I watched game films. I said, what did you watch for? He said, well, I'm 6'2", 250, Bubba Smith was 6'7", 360 something. He said, I figure when a guy that big has got to move forward, he's got to be standing on one foot just a little bit longer than everybody else. He says, I never waited for the ball to be snapped. I just waited for his toe to come up and I would catch him on one foot. So I say to myself, if somebody's got four quarters of numerous downs to prepare to that degree, how does somebody go out and wing a presentation wing a project, wing an interaction, wing, wing, wing a, an application for college, for, for, uh, uh, for scholarship, there's no end to it. So it's finding out things that would derail people. You know, I, I had a, and, and how, how I work with people, my, two of my grandsons are hockey goalies. And so we were at a hockey goalie camp, Islander camp, and there was a kid there who was an assistant and the coach said to me, this kid is fantastic. He said, the problem is he's driving his parents nuts. So I said, well, I said, uh, let me talk to his father. So his father retained me to work with the kid. And, and uh, I said to the kid, I said, so what's going on? He said, my parents uh, up my butt for my grades. He was a freshman in high school. So I said, well, I said, why would that make? I said, your parents don't make any difference here. He said, well, who makes a difference? I said, the college coach who wants to recruit you now, but doesn't know if you can stay eligible when you ultimately get into school. 
I said, because you are running a business. Whether you think about it or not, if you're going to get $45,000 or $50,000 to play hockey in college and you're going to go on a scholarship, if you're making $50,000 a year, you're in business. So you need to think that everything that you do from the time you put your feet on the floor in the morning is a business decision. It's not a social decision. And that seems to take, that approach seems to take a lot of pressure off parents in having to deal with their kids. Yeah. I have a lot of, I have a lot of student athletes on so business cards. You know, that's a great analogy. I never thought of it that way because, you know, I coached many years for hockey and I know every, every parent thought their 10 year old was going to be in the NHL or play for one major division, one college in the country. So they put a lot of pressure. That's an interesting way of looking at it though, Dan. Well, we had, you know, I, I worked with stop at goaltending of Massachusetts and they would have a, a goalie camp every year and parents would bring their kids up. And I said to Brian DeCord, who ran, runs the camp now, a great coach. I said to him, you know, uh, we ought to do a program for parents to let the parents know what we're doing with their kids. The same hypnotic strategies that I helped these kids to deal with, I did for the parents. And I loved it. But at least they had an idea of what their kids were dealing with. And, and how, how it's important that a kid learn to leave goaltending on the ice and not take it into the classroom. But take the focus and concentration that he uses to be a goalie and apply that to his, his academics. And you know, and you know what, Dan? That gives uh, I call them guardrails for the parents because they're all over the place. And your definition there gives them kind of a path with guardrails to use to get everybody in line and to deal with it. It's, it's very interesting, Dan. I got to move on, but I want. Well, here's my last question, uh, and um, I, I want to ask you about your second book, Click. The competitive edge for business, sports, entertainment. You suggest that people don't read it. Tell me why. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> we had the book. Well, we had the book opening at uh, the Huntington Book Review here. We had about a hundred people at the opening, and the store had piles of books. And I said, "Don't read the book," because you can give somebody a book, and you know what, Tom? How many books do you have stacked on a shelf? Yeah. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. This book is designed that if you scroll the table of contents, your subconscious mind will tell you exactly what you need to read for the next thing you're going into. How it works, don't even ask me. I don't know. It just works. You scroll the table of contents and you say, oh, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read that. And that will apply to whatever you're working on. So when I say to somebody, don't read the book, <laughs> it's what. And, and uh, you know, I've had people call me up and say, you know, I loved your book. I said, you didn't read it, did you? No, 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 no. <laughs> so, so, Dan, the name of the book is Click. The C -L -I -C -K. Yeah, C-L-I-C-K, The Competitive Edge for Business, Sports Entertainment. You suggest that people don't read the Okay, I see it. That's interesting. So you got to pick it. Now you got Now I'm just eager to pick up the book. Um, Dan, I got to end because uh, uh, of time, but it was a pleasure um, talking to you and getting a little deeper into this visualization and how you deal with 
one-on-one -on -one with people that need to talk to someone and you're the guy. But Dan, um, I'm going to put all the contact information in the show notes. Um, and uh, is there anything that you'd like to leave behind here before we end? You know, I've had people ask me, when should I call you? And I'll say, I'm going to give you an example that you'll never forget. You imagine a big fan packed with wet manure and a guy with a plug by an outlet. You call me before he puts the plug in the wall. Call me before he puts the what in the wall? The, the plug in. Oh, the plug before in. Before he plugs the fan in. Yeah. The right. thing is, is that, and you know, people, I may not be, I'm not for everybody, but you'll never know until you, you can go on my, on uh, my calendar, pick a time, have a conversation, 15 minutes. You'll know in a very short period of time if I can help you. And keeping in mind that all of those calls have never happened. Yeah, and I, I just have to in, endorse Dan here. Uh, Dan is always the guy that comes up and suggests things. He's always giving. So uh, if you ever have a discussion with Dan, uh, you're talking to the real thing. Hey, Dan, I want to thank you for taking you. all the time today. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. And thanks to everybody who's listening to this. Thank you, Dan. Have a great day. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner, or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.